Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, February 7th, 5.32 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. March corn futures down two and a quarter at 676 and three quarters. March soybeans up seven and a half at 1528 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down four and three quarters at 745 and a half. March Kansas City wheat down a half at 875 and a half. March spring wheat up one at 918 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We're getting close to 8,000 subscribers. I think we can get there uh, sometime here during the next couple of months. So if you have not subscribed to the channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, drop me a comment. All of that stuff will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. If you'd like some additional info from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations, my daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. Yesterday's video was titled, Could China Stop Buying U.S. Soybeans? I've had a lot of questions come in along these lines here the last few weeks, um, given this escalation in U.S.-China tensions, uh, especially following the spy balloon story here this last uh, week or so. But I ran some numbers, ran some charts, talked about global trade flows, that sort of thing. Tried to answer this question the best that I could. If you guys are interested in this sort of content, new stuff, every single business day, uh, sign up today, 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. U.S. acreage talk continues to circulate. Reuters published an article yesterday titled, U.S. farmers plan to go heavy on corn in 2023 despite risks. Uh, the article mentioned the decline in fertilizer prices that occurred during the second half of last year. They interviewed a few farmers who had made uh, decisions to switch some acres into corn or go, go a little bit heavier in regard to corn. The things that I know about the situation um, indicate to me certainly that we should see an increase in corn acreage um, this year. If you look at uh, the farm budgets or every farm budget that I've seen um, on average is generally indicative of corn being the economic winner here. The projected ROI uh, for corn on most farms throughout the corn belt, and there are exceptions, but most farms favor corn economically. Now, corn's more expensive to plant, but the projected ROI when you look at fall delivery prices versus input prices, uh, corn wins versus soybeans. Now, a lot of farmers are going to stick to their normal rotation. I ran a subscriber acreage survey a few weeks ago, and, and that's the most common response. I'm sticking to my normal rotation. But there's always a few swing acres. Um, some other things to consider would be like the corn versus soybean ratio. I don't think farmers look at that. I asked a group of farmers a couple weeks ago, do you guys look at the ratio? Most of them said no. I think most most farmers look at budgets, which is what they should be looking at. Um, but in any case, that favors more corn anyways. So I, I think, yeah, corn is, is winning the acreage battle, but uh, there's still a lot of unknowns. What's the total mix between corn and soybeans? Um, is this drought still going to be an issue? Could that result in, in planting issues? There's a lot of wild cards out there, but everything I know about the situation says, yeah, corn is winning the acreage battle and uh, probably will win the acreage battle at the end of the day. We've got a crop report tomorrow. This is the monthly crop production and WASD report. It will be out on Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Central Time. Traders generally expect a larger or larger U.S. corn, soybean, and wheat carryout estimates for the current marketing year. Uh, just 
by a, a small margin. So you may see some small downward demand revisions uh, for maybe corn, maybe wheat. I don't know about soybeans. Uh, the South American production numbers are a big deal. So generally speaking, the trade expects further cuts to the Argentina corn and soybean production estimates. No surprise there. And maybe unchanged numbers to maybe slightly higher numbers for the Brazilian crop. Uh, the February report, typically not the biggest market mover in the world, but you know when USDA is involved, there's always the uh, potential for surprise, I suppose. U.S. corn shipments were bad again last week. USDA reported that only 19 million bushels of corn were inspected for export during the week ending February 2nd. That print was down 12% on the week and down 55% versus the same week last year. Accumulated inspections or shipments for the current marketing year of corn out of the United States are down 33% versus the same period last year. Sales are even worse, down 43% versus the same period last year, despite an improvement last week. Uh, USDA could very well be overstating U.S. corn exports by a material amount on its balance sheet. Um, uh, there's still a few things that could happen, though. You know, if Brazil ends up with some weather problems, if these planting delays uh, that I'm going to talk about here in a second, if that turns into a serious issue, um, that could steer some more demand here. You probably need China to come in for some more U.S. corn to to avoid additional downward revisions on the balance sheets. Uh, soybean shipments were excellent. Again, uh, soybean shipments at 67 million bushels. That was up 47 percent versus the same week last year. Uh, shipments versus last year are just slightly better, fractionally higher, uh, accumulated. Wheat shipments uh, last week were improved at 20 million bushels, but overall, uh, wheat export demand out of the United States is very poor. Rains have slowed field work in Brazil. Well-followed private group Ag Rural estimated that the country's soybean crop was 9% harvested through last Thursday. They were 16% last year. The country's second and larger corn crop was only 12% planted versus 24% last year. The group has no major concern in regard to the bean crop or the second corn crop. They did note, however, that the rains need to stop soon. Uh, Brazil, in all likelihood, will harvest record. It's going to be a record soybean crop and corn, probably a record. You need weather to cooperate, of course. I mean, the crop's only 12% planted, as they mentioned. You do have some rains moving across uh, Brazil again this morning. Uh, Argentina, very dry this morning and has been dry for several days now. You look at the forecast moving out and Brazil's wet. Uh, most of your Brazilian soybean and corn growing areas are going to be wet over the next 10 days where Argentina will see some rains, uh, not for another five days, though. Uh, Argentina is going to be dry really through mid-month and then you'll see some rains come back. So Argentina still got problems. You've seen some improvement. They've still got problems. Brazil overall in very good shape, but these rains could result in harvest delays and uh, maybe a, a, some planting delays when it comes to the second corn crop. Goldman Sachs now believes that there is only a 25% chance of a U.S. recession during the next 12 months. A research team at Goldman um, lowered their odds of recession to 25 from 35% previously, and they are way more optimistic than general consensus. Bloomberg did a survey of economists, and they, on average, believe that there is a 65% chance of recession during the same time frame. Goldman said this in a research note, continued strength in the labor market and early signs of improvement in the business surveys suggest that the risk of a near-term slump has diminished notably. Goldman uh, pointed to a rapid slowdown in inflation along with cooling wage growth. So Goldman uh, much more optimistic here with its forecast versus um, 
most everybody else on Wall Street, I suppose. A lot of people would still argue, I think are continuing to argue more so, that the probability of a soft landing regarding the Fed and interest rates uh, now appears a little bit more possible. And I guess the definition of a soft landing is that the Fed is able to tame inflation by raising rates without pushing us into a recession. That would be your definition of a soft landing, I suppose. Uh, U.S. Secretary uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, also optimistic about the U.S. economy. She was on Good Morning America yesterday. Uh, she said this, what I see is a path in which inflation is declining significantly and the economy is remaining strong. You don't have a recession when you have 500,000 jobs and the lowest unemployment rate in more than 50 years. Uh, her comments, of course, followed that strong jobs report we had last week in inflation data that has generally been, again, indicative of a decline. Uh, in the outside markets, let's talk about cattle first. Cattle were up yesterday in uh, live cattle, sharply higher in some of your feeder cattle contracts. We'll see what happens today. A uh, hog market got beat up a little bit yesterday. Um, in the outside markets, the U.S. dollar is up just a little bit. Stocks are mixed. Bonds are mixed. Gold's up five bucks. Crude oil attempting a recovery here, 75.27 last in the March WTI. That's up about $1.16. Everybody have a great day today. I will talk to you Wednesday.